0: Fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries, welcome to an edition of the Fonchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. I'm your lovely host of Fonchise, and guess what? I got a surprise for you, everybody. I actually have another guest this year. This is like guest number two. It's somebody who's been gone for a while. We did this thing together for almost like five years, with so many name changes. He decided to take a break, but now he's back me introduce you guys. To Biko.
1: Hello everyone.
0: I know it's been a while, so how you been?
1: Good, good. Uh, I wanted to play a little fast, so a hours, so. a sound clip. That <laughs> sound clip. Yeah. It's kind of uh to to which we call the moment. Christian <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Uh but yeah, no. Everything's good, you know. The uh I wish I could say the same about the world, but, um, it's good to be back, uh, seeing the craziness, um, that's unfolding to start the year, uh, we're barely in, well, about to end February already, so, Yeah. Um, going into March, uh, to start the year off, it feels that, it probably, it feels like it's going fast already, um, a lot's happened, I think every day, uh, we're getting bombarded with something new, that even entertainment is starting to feel like it's getting stale, and I know we're going to talk about stuff kind of losing its quality value in a second, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things, uh, so I've just kind of uh, been trying to watch more new stuff, um, but I've just been watching a lot of old movies um, mm-hmm. that I haven't really taken any new content. Uh, I want to get on the Last of Us train, but I know it's good i i I know it's really great um but i kind of want to wait until the first season is done because if i if i watch it now um i don't want to get caught up in people just spoiling it every week um and you know you can't everything gets released on a certain time frame and not everybody works on the same schedule anymore so like you can't consume content at the same time because you have then you kind of have to restrict yourself from going into your daily social feeds and you play that game where we're like, oh, I can watch ten minutes on my lunch break and then watch twenty minutes and then I get home and, but then like no, you want to binge this shit. You want to watch like, because like this is from what I've been reading, and what I've seen, like this is some quality, this is a quality show that like, it's really grasping um, the broad audience, is having that Game of Thrones effect with people. Um, I think it's hitting the pop culture guys in a in a similar way that it's getting people involved. It's getting people to. To tune in every week, um, it's proving time and time again that HBO Max just are they just are really good at picking properties. I
0: think I think with that because you know I played the games, so (laughs) I know going in when the show was announced and you know the cast was announced. I'm like, oh cool, they got Bella Ramsey, who you know she worked on Game of Thrones. You got Pedro Pascal. Oh
1: yeah. You got Pedro
0: Pascal, who obviously you know from many shows like Game of Thrones. He did some films when he was younger. And of course, he's um, been jardin in *The uh, Mandalorian*, which is coming up soon this coming month. Actually, we're getting ready for season three of *The Mandalorian*. So excited for that! And of course, being a video game adaptation, this is going to be one of those hurdles. Like, how they're going to do it? I like for the fact they got one of the writers, one of the creators of the video game, um, working with the with the show creator as well, and how they were going to take.
1: think they didn't want to do that because they're so fresh off? well we're not we're not off code no it, they didn't have you. to do
0: that no it wasn't the behind the scenes and they were hard saying, to keep it was the way. behind the thing it was the behind the scenes i think uh if you watch that needs to go back. for me i'm sorry guys i have to say i'm watching on a third party server so um and i would get access to the episodes but some of my buddies at work saying that don't have like behind the scenes vignettes yeah, after the episode is there and they talked about that they had the dead directors and the showrunner and the creator. Bless was too. He said um, that like him and the, and the, and the writers um, having to find a way to adapt the game into like realism. They they were gonna have the spores in mind, but they felt they had to go the to way where it was like contamination, uh, fungal uh, contamination, and um, because if they would have had the spores, then they would have to work as takes away the the actors motions because all the time you're gonna see oh, most of them like yeah. every time they enter a building to, like in if you play the games you gotta enter the building, you gotta find a gas mask. So you're gonna hear them breathing heavily, you gotta take away that raw emotion.
1: Yeah, like yeah. You gotta take away the raw emotion from so, the
0: actors. So you can't really you're gonna be hearing them behind, you know, you know, gas masks most of the whole time, breathing loudly. So it kinda takes away that thing. So they kind of figure, you know, airborne it's you know, how you gonna depict, sports. you know, it's kinda hard to pick them. Yeah. I mean, don't no pay homage mind. Like, I like the fact that this series so far, like I'm in deep and they've done a phenomenal job adapting elements of the game, you know, the story. I love how they fleshed out the characters. They kinda of redid some if you haven't played the game. Spoiler alert, it did change a few things, some minor changes. But otherwise, um it's staying true to the source material. And you know, I think it's gonna run for like nine episodes, so each episode could be like fifty minutes or an hour or an hour and a 20 minutes. It depends how they want to push that story because the game itself is probably like six or eight hours long. And plus, you got DLCs. I think tonight's episode is going to feature more of um, uh, Ellie's backstory based on the DLC left behind. No, so we get to see more of her backstory, you know, which is kind of cool because we get to see more behind Ellie as well. Because if you play the game, you see how where Ellie was to the point before she met Joel. So, um, We'll get to see that, I believe, in tonight's episode of The Last of Us on HBO Max. Um, and like I said, it's a really good show. I mean, like I said, it's, like I said, this is the age where video games, if done correctly with the people involved, can be wonderful. I mean, we saw that with Sonic the Hedgehog films. They really did a good job. They, gave it, they worked with the source materials they had. They gave it their own spin on how Sonic King just rule on a realistic standpoint. Hmm. That's the whole thing to make these things. They got to see how can we make this work in a realistic world that goes back to how Marvel movies. How can you make these people like they will have these high expectations for these comic book films? Like, but at the same time, you got to understand when you're writing and you're drawing in a medium, you can do whatever you want, you can go beyond the law of physics. Taking that concept and try to put it in a realistic standpoint, it's going to be kind of hard. Yeah, because then you have to explain it, yeah. and you got to understand. Those comics were written in the 60s. They were written in the 60s, early 70s. You got to find a way those movies kind of adapt them now. And then, of course, we have the Mario Bros. movie, which, honestly, I know you're not a big guy on trailers, but I know they probably played that um, Super Bowl spot. (laughs) Um, They showed the song. If you're not familiar with people that grew up on the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, that's where the theme song is from. Um... Um, and I like the marketing they did with it because I think I talked about it in the previous episode, of like a week ago. Um, I don't know if I did, but
1: yeah, if you call that
0: number that's on the thing or go on the website, you can get you, you actually get a voicemail. It's um Charlie Days Luigi. Uh, I kind of played it for you, Beko when we were watching the Super Bowl a few weeks back, um, a week or two ago. Uh, what'd you think of the, the like Illumination Nintendo's kind of marketing for this film,
1: besides uh, the trailer
0: and you know doing this?
1: Well, as far as the trailer goes, I, I mean, they're trying to win people over. I don't, I don't have high hopes for the movie. It's probably not for me. Cause it's going to be very kiddy, right? But uh, I don't know. Like, I don't get, I, I, can't, I can't get sold on um, Chris Pratt as Mario, and it's hard to see him play the character and his voice coming out of it. But, um, I think the trailer using the original callback for that is interesting. Um, I like that they did that, but, uh, I mean, it goes with, like, it's not, it's it's not unheard of. Like, like, I'm not surprised they did that, but I'm not, I don't have high hopes for the movie being good. Um is it a long time coming that we haven't gotten a a solid Mario movie since the first one the live action one uh yeah yeah. sure like I I think it should have it should have had an anime one a long time ago but I think they should have taken some notes from the Sonic thing
0: I think Um, that's probably why they they should have
1: just gotten somebody else Uh, Chris Pratt is not he is charismatic but in a very dry, sarcastic way. Mm-hmm. Mario is not sarcastic and dry. I think he's a pretty expressive character, um, pretty emotive. Uh, I don't understand why they would get someone who doesn't do that. You've seen him in multiple movies, so like, if you can tell me, if I'm not seeing something, then that that's just my perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But you've seen him in Jurassic Park. You've seen him in Guardians. You've seen him in parks and rec you've seen him in he's in action movies he's in terminalist which is a pretty great show but he's he's playing a, 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 a an agent like a marine person like it's different mm-hmm. but most of his other roles he's playing what the fucking sarcastic lead role who gives you this sly sort dry sarcastic humor and each character guards of the galaxy the same thing He has to be a leader at the same time, but he's still giving that dry, witty, sly humor at the end of the day that comes off the, like, quick off the hip, but, like, he's so charming and, oh, he's so charming and nice that you can't, he's like, oh, you can't hate, you can't hate but like him, because he's so adorable, like, he plays that shit. Mario isn't that, you know, like, so it's just, it's weird to see him that, getting Charlie Day to play Luigi, sure, Charlie Day can give you that, he's a comedic actor, like, even in Parks and Rec, fucking Chris Pratt wasn't really like... Like, he was the dumb guy. He gave you the dumb guy that was the dumb, lovable guy. He gave you that. In the most of his movies, he's the dumb leader guy. The dumb, lovable leader guy. But he's mm-hmm. not dumb. He's just slightly... He's just charismatic enough that you can't hate but love him. Mm-hmm. And then Jurassic Park, what is he doing? I don't fucking know. A dude who just knows how to tame dinosaurs... I guess raptors. I guess raptors. So, yeah, pretty much. yeah, and he creates comedic tension with fucking Bryce Dallas Howard's character the whole movie. Like, and it's four of the same movies. Like, call it what it was, but at least the original three were fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. They give you three different things. Yeah, this is like, oh, we're escaping to another island because this one's infested with dinosaurs. We got better... Oh, great, we moved the dinosaurs to this island and they're doing the same shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we made it, we made it into a theme park. Which yeah, is oh, you're supposed to be yeah,
1: like so that was the first attention. Yeah, apparently. so like you're, I think, and it's like, and we're we're obviously, look, we're, we're getting old. Like I know this is we're we're seeing this from a lens of we we got the, we were there when the lightning was caught in the bottle, and they're trying to do it again, and it's just like, for me, I'm not easily amused. Mm-hmm. So with this shit, it just seems like, uh, I'll stick to the games. Uh, I liked the cartoon for what it was, um, growing up, and I think that was a good representation for what the character was because it gave you a whole world you can expand on. This is kind of like, will be fun. Uh-huh. It'll be a fun ride, but it's gonna give you, I think, just minion type of minion type of energy. Like it's just not gonna give you. I'm not. I'm not that type of person who likes those movies, so I think that's what it's gonna give you. Yeah, because like I said, with.
0: Like think about this. This is the first time it's Nintendo Japan that's working with Illumination, not Nintendo of America. You have to understand <laughs> yeah. when we had those cartoons and we had that stuff. Different. That was Nintendo America deciding. You know what? They pretty much coerced Nintendo in Japan to say, "Hey, we need to get these characters exposure. Let's get merchandise going. You want to draw these audiences in because remember that I was watching like you know I was watching that thing. I'm still gotta finish watching um high score that's on uh.
1: Oh, it's on Netflix? On
0: Netflix, a documentary. And um, it talked about the video game crash of 1983 and how Nintendo, you know, they were, people forgot, they were a long company that's been around since the 18 late 1800s. Um, they were Hanafuda, which was like a Japanese-style card game. And they eventually became a conglomerate of different small businesses, hotels, um, toys, appliances. They barely got into the video game market. And of course, they hired Shigeru Miyamoto, that was one of the first, like, developers to come on and help with radar scourge, of course, with Donkey Kong, get with the concept of Donkey Kong, that became a hit. because were like, because it was new graphics, something from Japan, it was, like, something different. And of course, yeah, I mean, he decided to take that and create Mario, Legend of Zelda, but you had to get people to get into those characters, but of course, this came in Central America. 1st off the warehouse of New York, then they moved to California or Washington State and decided, you know what, let's try to get these characters exposed publicly. Let's try to get them to the point where it's like icon status that can be recognized as Mickey Mouse. Let's go ahead, let's get to these, um, let's get licensing with these cereal companies. Remember Nintendo cereal, people forget. It was a Nintendo power-up cereal. Have two bags in it. One was Legend of Zelda, one was like Mario Brothers. Then you had toys. You had to deal with uh, McDonald's. Um, you had like Mario's Face on you know game cabinet for your nintendo entertainment system um you had toys like i said dolls and of course you had the cartoon because they looked at geek entertainment which people didn't realize they were a company from france they were an animation company that was outsourced in france to come up with this concept of show let's and then decide let's get like you know two actors who probably were like one of them was private telling the one wasn't let's get danny wells who's a brilliant like character actor we might remember from the Jeffersons. This get Captain Lou Albano, who you remember in the professional wrestling world, was a manager, a former wrestler. He, at the time, he was featured in Sidney Loppers, you know, music videos. At the time, um, bring them together. Let's uh, make them into the Marvelverse. That's our first iteration of the Marvel Then you had the cartoons. Not only Danny Wells and Lou Abano were able to voice the characters. But Deke Entertainment was able to create the video segments, the cartoon segments, which were kind of a fun because it took place, you know, technically after the first Mario game. Because all those, all those, um, Koopa's minions, of course he was called Koopa here, he was called he was called Bowser in Japan, but here, it was Koopa. Um, I don't know, like I said, it's America, it's Japan, two different entities. And, um, and of course all the, all his minions were Super Mario Bros. 2. Like what happened with the original Super Mario Bros. 2? It was just like Super Mario Bros. 1, but the Japanese and the America thought that American gamers think that's too hard. That's when they took that game and took an existing game called Doki Doki Panic and just slapped the Mario skin on it and called Super Mario Bros. 2 Mario's Madness. Mario's Dream Madness or something.
1: Right, and, and, and yeah. they
0: slapped the characters. We didn't get the real Super Mario Bros. until Super Mario All Stars yeah, was released. Was released on Super Nintendo. Became Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels, which was the true definitive Super Mario Bros. 2. which, apparently, according to some people, wasn't as hard as Nintendo thought.
1: No right, but like,
0: and then, you, like I said, then you had, you know, I know we did the, do I don't mean do like, anything with the movie. But. And then with the first movie, they said, "Oh, let's go to live action." We already did a commentary track for the Mario Bros. movie a couple years ago. Guys, you want to listen to that, make sure you get a copy of Super Mario Bros. the movie. There's our commentary track. We talk about the production. To give you the summary of it, it was a production nightmare. So many writer changes, so many director changes. Um, they had many actors in line for the title characters. Eventually it was set on Bob Hoskins, John Lugasamo, Dennis Hopper. I forget the girl's name who played Daisy. But the directing team was people who directed Max Hedges. And they were known for doing com- commercials, uh, music videos, and it was a production nightmare. Those directors were always fighting. to the point, John Luzzo and Bob Hoskins—they were so fed up with the production delays—and the they just went to us uh, set drunk to the point Bob Hoskins ended up getting hurt. And most of the time, they had, they had to like his cast to match his skin. In most of the scenes, but it became a cult classic. Years on, and Nintendo, and, and plus, it came out in '93. First weekend with Jurassic Park. You got that film like that versus Jurassic Park, and look who won, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Nintendo saw is as a big, major video game flop, and Nintendo was like, yo, what? We're not going to... They told Japan to decide to intervene say, yo, what? We're done. We're not doing any more licensing deals. No more. That's it. Goodbye, McDonald's deal. Goodbye, Cartoons. That's it. Nintendo's like, we're pulling our IPs. What's having to see any Nintendo characters? Within their IP was Nintendo Power Magazine. That was it. No more Nintendo cartoons. That was it. And that eventually became dormant until, you know, she gave me more until we started seeing Nintendo products available on mobile phones with Pokemon Go, Fire Emblem Heroes, Mario Kart World, Dr. Mario World. And then eventually they saw the success. Now Nintendo's landing like these indie developers now on Nintendo Switch. Now you can look up indie games on the Nintendo eShop now. Nintendo was all about protecting their IP, and also they're allowing you know all these independent gamers to have their profit in these shop. because you see a talent people because they were inspired by Shigeru Miyamoto. And now to tell you what Pokemon has become popular, Mario's become popular again. Let's do a movie. This is what Shigeru Moto did, but this time let's get heavily involved with the production. Let Sega Japan handle thing that's where they got Shigeru Miyamoto to have interviews, pitch meetings with different animation studios. But of course, Illumination became the winner.
1: Yeah, like, and have it have to movie, and then, yeah, to the yeah,
0: point yeah. that they were promoting it at the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. And they themselves, Shigeru Moto, denounced the cast. And he was surprisingly that We're good that Charles Montanay, who's the voice of Mario, and many other characters, will be there in the film doing various you know character voices
1: because they have to sell the
0: movie. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see how it is. I'm excited for it because like I said, Nintendo NES was my first game console. So, like I said, it was a, my first game console and, you know, I'm excited for the movie It comes out April 7th. Um, like I said, we'll see how it goes because it was originally supposed to come out last year but it got pushed back to this year. So, I know we <laughs> I went on a was... tangent about Mario Brothers, but um, yeah. So I know you are got mixed feelings on it.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna suck. Most of these, I don't know. I, th- I most of these, most of these anime animation movies do um, uh, when it comes to like it's hard. It's hard to adapt video games to movies. I think because it's trying to do two. It's you're blending two different art mediums to do two different things. um, I think making a video game provides you a little more leeway to flesh out a story compared to a movie because there's a lot of restrictions that movies plays against. Considering that, um, both of them, look, I, I'm just going to give you the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, these are financial investments at the end of the day. Um, uh, fans do pay that. They pay a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, from a financial standpoint these investors they they want the fans money and more because they want to sell it to more people they don't want to just sell it to the fans so they want to make you know five to ten times on their investment Uh, and if that means dumbing down the product to make it easily digestible for the broader audience category um, they will do that mm-hmm. uh, and you will see no you'll see no limits to the amount of content that gets put onto YouTube of, pe- of fans um, people who provide their, their criticism on the products on these on these IPs that they love you have done it I have done it um, we have done it since we were kids So to see these things, um, now you have to see it with that financial lens because it bears much of the weight on these, why this stuff sucks. Um, So when it comes to us receiving something that's going to like match up with the the original IP and kind of make the fans happy and what they're going to see and get excited for what they're going to see. Um, I think that takes a lot more money and a lot more time and and a lot more patience that the investors have, for what they allow themselves to have, uh, and that's unfortunate because then we get, uh, and I'm gonna say it again, then we get stuff like Chris Pratt being casted as Mario and not, uh, you know the guy's name by the top of your head, uh, the the original guy who plays Mario's voice that we all know and love or who have grown to love to, uh identify as Mario from the the sound to the characterization of the of Mario itself mm-hmm. so it's like unfortunately um and as as the economy that they tell us is fucked they it's it's unfortunate with uh, the streaming the the downside of the streaming era is that we are so spoiled for content now that it's a bad investment to make yeah, a movie now see, it's like, bad it's just see... not a good investment
0: yeah See what's going on with HBO Discovery yeah. right now. They're trying to save money by oh, sorry guys editing shows that you can tell had really good following because but, they're looking what's actually financially stable. And also content wise, they said they're gonna stop that's
1: you why know, they'll that's, fund you a 90 day fiance before they'll give you another season of Westworld.
0: Yeah so now they're getting rid of it like, <laughs> I've been noticing now if you go on Hulu like truth. now you get fresh Prince, that used to be on HBO Max now it's on Hulu. Now, now. it's on Hulu Family yeah? Matters is on Hulu. Oh, so they are losing their license to a lot of programs. Because they're trying to, you know, either sell licenses to get that extra money. What do you feel that maybe people are not into the stage anymore? They thought, look at Looney Tunes. Not everyone, money. yeah. Yeah. Because they kind of... People think, grow up, man. It's what it is. They forget that we're growing old. We're old now.
1: Yeah, not everyone reaches
0: for that. You got you to gotta get somebody because now, you know, we're like, we're in our 30s. And, you know, it's like, you know... Honestly you want to care to our audience but at the same time you gotta look at the new generation. You gotta look at the two thousands, that generation now. They're in, their 20s. they're in their twenties. They're in their twenties right now. You wanna to care to that audience. You wanna see what grabs them because now they're gonna have the fortune of growing up in the technology that I us ourselves had did that because we grew up, I grew up in the late eighties it's in the 90s. I'm more familiar with Vico because we both grew up in the 90s. Yeah, and with the limited different. technology we had back then, the struggle we had to, because I had this conversation yeah, with Boss Bradley a few weeks ago, we were talking about the struggling, you know, what to get the hottest video game because we didn't have the internet. To get the video yeah. um, we
1: you had to get the magazines. You had to I get the magazines, kind magazine. of what's yeah.
0: good or not. You had to, like, get the latest toy or get the latest thing, you know. We were looked down upon. It's funny how now, years later, now, the geek fandom is now accepted.
1: Yeah, everybody, um, everybody, uh, I think um, it's interesting that a lot of people I've known, or if you walked in, it has a console of some sort. And mm-hmm. they don't, sometimes they just have it because it's an entertainment thing. It's yeah. Like, oh, I use it because I can stream all my shit on here, or, and I like playing Sims. Like, like people it's, do it like a
0: casual. Like. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's even gotten to the point that, like, oh, it's like, I like playing fucking Sims to wind down, and then here, I'll throw you another uh, fucking thing. Mm-hmm. House of Cards. Yeah. I don't remember that. There was an episode. Uh, Kevin Spacey's character. I know he's lauded for his, uh, you know his fucking bullshit yeah. stuff he did. But like, uh, mm-hmm. he had multiple scenes when he's playing Call of Duty. That was his way of winding down. Was playing Call of Duty. He fucking loved. And there's like a thing he was talking in a scene because I think one of his guys comes in, the social, the security guy, and he talks to him, like, "Why do you play games, sir?" And he because t- he asked him, "Do you play games?" And he talks on why he like why he thinks games are important and what it teaches you and all this stuff, and he ties it back to like primal urges and all this fucking bullshit. But like, it's a really good monologue scene. But like, yeah, it's it's it goes yeah, to that
0: if you see, like a lot of psychologists say gaming, and he said a lot of psychological studies were studied that video games do not curve on behavior.
1: No, it's good.
0: It's mostly seen more of an outlet for people to lay a game, but at the same time. Gives you escape from the stresses of real life. It yeah. gives you kind of like that break. To the point, you got people in the Minecraft. Like Minecraft was a thing back in re- like early two thousand. Now it's a thing again because. I yeah. think about pandemic. We had a pandemic. Now it's been three years since twenty twenty. that's weird how long it has been, and what people do when they couldn't work. People that like me, I had to work in a warehouse. I was constantly working. I needed to be able to keep myself stressed. But I was working yeah. in a warehouse. Let's talk about people that were in the office. People that were in like. You know, teachers had to adapt, and everybody else. Those people that were working were more like warehouse workers, service line people, like basic people at the front lines oh, In the essential. medical field. Yeah,
1: essential. but the
0: people essentials and like everybody else, what they were gonna do? That's why video games were like the escape during that time. That's why video game sales went up. Yeah, and people were getting into PC games. They were going to PC game because they're trying to find a way. There's yeah, a lot of great stuff. Home, but at the same time, they needed some way to escape. I think now with the streaming cultures like people, that's what I'm seeing like now, like Netflix and stuff, you go on Netflix and they're getting a lot of international content now because they have to adapt to the time. You can't bring on the same nostalgic bullshit now. You gotta bring shows from other countries to give them, you know, some spotlight.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why I'm seeing a lot of Korean or Japanese shows on Netflix, who's following that route as well. Um, Peacock, I saw anime on Peacock, it's showing like anime is becoming more now and now it's becoming part of the mainstream. Now you can find that anywhere now. It's like easier to access than it was back then. But, you know, the same thing we we were talking before we started recording, We which about how, you know, I haven't seen that band of lost quantum mania. I'm still debating if I'm gonna go to theaters to see it or wait till it goes on Disney Plus. Not because I don't like the characters. And yeah, I'm following the critics preview. I know I talked to my our mutual friend Mondo. Uh, he said he and his girlfriend wanted to go see. It. He and, his, and our friend Amanda wanted to go see it, and they said they were fine with it. And of course, our friend Amanda has never seen the previous two movies, and she enjoyed it. Hmm. But I think it's just the people that were not used to how Ant Man was with the previous movies. He was humorous. It was Paul Rudd, dude. That guy don't age, and you know he he brings that comedic thing to the Marvel universe. And people were not used to it, but at the same time, it's like. I think it was also the pressure because now you're bringing in a new phase of the MCU and, of course, you're the starting point. Yeah. I think it was just that pressure of the writers and the director to try to find a way to just going kind to of connect to what the next phase is going to be about, which, of course, is King the Conquer, the introduction of King the Conquer, also known as the variant of if you've, seen, if you've seen Loki season one. And, yeah, it's getting bashed by critics. But of course, it's also getting passed by comic book purists or people who are not familiar with Ant-Man. It's usually that the unfamiliarity. I think that's what it is. It's like people want to go to theaters. It's always based on who's in it. That's what it is. Like that's how I see my perception is who's in it. Hmm. That's it. That's how they see it as. They don't read the backstory. Don't read the history of it. You know, but then you get the purists. But you understand it's the. These but things. the movie
1: should do that. That's why it's like getting it's getting told in that medium in the first place. Like you're gonna have to like provide that for people who, and, and you have yeah you have to provide that for the person who's gonna go with their kid because if their kid's into it but you're not but you know your kid likes it then you're gonna take them. But that's like, what
0: people don't understand. They gotta cater to yeah, the family. It not can't be perfect. You gotta understand. Parents want to get their kids into this as much as you guys are into it, but at the same time you gotta understand they gotta cater to the family as well.
1: I mean, they're paying for it, and so they don't want get more too. That's why
0: you got to keep that child's attention, yeah. because remember, kids have a very, very short attention span. No, and you guys know too. It's probably
1: worse now.
0: Just now, because now they're being they're now just they're bombarded. To, they're being bombarded, I so thought that's what happened with Disney. Why they? Have, I felt last year's MCU was kind of a mediocre because it was so overwhelming because there were so many different IPs. It didn't give people a a break. It was like they were trying to save Disney Plus, basically. But at the same time, it was just the works of the previous um, CEO. Thank God they got Bob Eager back, and he says quality over quantity. He wants to make sure these movies get stretched out and far apart to give time to you know give equal financial. Because apparently that's what happened. Was work was going to Black Panther or Wakanda Forever versus the other Marvel stuff. Thank you to she hulk for pointing it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love that show. That was my biggest MCU show that I liked last year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Wakanda Forever, but that was my breakout hit for me when it came to you Well she hulk because it was so meta, so different. It was like, you know, and how they made the jokes of it because that was how I loved about it. And now we got Deadpool 3, First R-rated, MCU. Blade, hopefully, is going to get back on. I believe they got a new director now. So, to we'll see how that's going to go. But... And I think, too, is just, you know, bringing more characters out of the shell, basically. Like, she's g too. Definitely got to G two. I-, I still haven't seen the first movie, but I definitely going to see that. And, like I said, it's... Like I said, quality over quantity. That's basically what they're trying to do. I like oh, for yeah. that by figure, yeah. And he's... That's what he's trying to do. They brought him back for a reason to find out what the heck's going on with Disney World. So, like I said, that's the like I said. I'm looking forward to seeing the film. Maybe waiting until it goes on Disney Plus. I don't know why I got used to just being at home. Thank you, COVID. Because <laughs> more people used to stream the movie at home because it's all from your home. Yeah. But like I said, I've been. What I do like about this time is a lot of anime films being shown in theaters. Mm-hmm. We're getting more influx of anime because this was Japan's, this was Japan's like, population. They decided what they want to start sharing their culture because you want to get that tourism back. But people forget that Japanese, like the Japanese culture is still kind of like closed, minding this. I mean, they're... the only time they were set the corners was more like on a business side. But now they see that how, you know, now anime studios are now catering to a Western audience. Not just the domestic audience, but also they got to appease the Western audience because there's so many people buying anime, yeah. TV, people buying manga. Manga's become a, a biggest selling point now because that's why you see a lot of publishers out here are bringing that stuff to us. Seven Seas Entertainment, Kundansha, Karakawa... um, This Media, they're bringing a lot of stuff from Japan to us because they see a big growing revenue as well. And of course, you got sports as well. You got rugby just becoming a big thing. Rugby is basically what American football should have been. I know Chicago's finally having a pro team this year. Mm -hmm. And then MLS just introduced another team, the St. Louis City SC. Oh, shit. So that's twenty nine teams, and they said they're like MLS saying they're still gonna be growing. Um, Where are they
1: gonna play? Where do they play? At the baseball field?
0: I think they're playing at that the dome they hmm. have there. Oh, I think that's what they build, like a stadium. And so oh, well, I
1: guess they didn't went one for the football, right? So yeah.
0: So oh. yeah, so it's kind of works. And then, then MLS said that they were gonna have like I think they, I think San Diego and Las Vegas are gonna be running for possible expansion team next year. So they will be up to thirty teams. So, like I said, it's you know, it's just like I said, streaming now. Like I said, it's all about people don't realize why is my show not longer available. It's all licensing. People don't realize you're paying that subscription because it kind of helps covering the licensing fees. Because these people pay to get the content you want. Yeah, because it's a you guys will see it's a business. acquired content is a business. It's negotiation. It's contracts. It's money. You know, like with Netflix, cracking down password sharing. Yeah, they're testing it right now internationally before it gets well out here. And, you know, like I said, with HBO Max, we, because remember, they're merging. When it comes to a merger, there's got to be some cuts. There's got to be some surprise sacrifice. I just read right now with Quench Automation, Even though they're merged, they have to lay off people. That's the problem. I think they lay off more internationally. They lay off most of their marketing team internationally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It kind of sucks, but that's the deal. When it comes to most like company mergers, they have to cut some of the fat. Yes, we'll probably. But what I'm looking forward to is the um, Crunchyroll is going to have the Anime Awards. It's going to be March fourth. First time they're doing it in Tokyo. And there you have a lot of like musical performances lined up. It's mostly um, artists that have done a lot of the things the for like anime, so it's kind of cool. And, like I said, pulling out all the stuff for it. I believe it's going to be streaming under Twitch. I think we'll believe it's March 4th. We laugh in Tokyo. So, we're going to see that. And like I said, I've been catching up a lot of like, you know, animes, but are I'm watching Eminence and Shadow right now. It's really interesting. So, like a traditional, you know, guy gets reborn in another world type of thing. He just wants to fade into the background, be like a background character. Yeah. And he controls, he has a Korean this, um, you say it's oh, kind of like a harem party, but each character has their own and their name after like Greek like alphabets. <laughs> you got Alpha, Beta, Zeta, you know. And he's like this dude's like he pretty much trained his whole body. He's trying to push the, the limits of the human body and to the point where he became super ass strong but he ends up dying. He's so obsessed and eventually here getting reborn in a world of magic and eventually he gets lucky and he ends up waking up, you know, to a world where magic is commonplace. And he wants to take that magic and pretty much become like that hero in the shadow, basically. It's really interesting. It's a real interesting anime. I think the dub is about, about 10 episodes in. I've been, like, trying to watch more dubs to catch up more. Um, My Hero Academia, right now, it's becoming... This season has been really... I haven't watched the latest season. Yes, I love My Hero Academia, but like I said, I've been reading it more. I've been reading more manga than watching anime just because to get because I'm just pretty much being ready for any detractors So people say, oh, they don't like it. <laughs> so, like I said, definitely Eminence and Shell is one of my kind of my interesting animes I've seen. I've caught up on Damachi um, and Orphan Attack of Titans coming back. Final Season Part 3 is coming back <laughs> um, sometime this spring. Um, it didn't announce a lot of like mangas and light novels coming out soon. Um of course Hunter x Hunter again, the creators again taking the highest for health reasons. Um So we we'll have to wait and see what's going on with that. Of course Bleach, their second quarter should be coming back for the latest season. Uh, we got Tri Gun Stampede. Um then I see some anime films on Hulu that I need to check out. There's something called like the Deer the Beer King or something that's on there. they definitely check that out. Um and of course there's some like they got some, finally got the animes that they were on Disney Plus Japan, but now they're available like Summertime is available to, to stream on Hulu. Um, and of course, um, this, Hulu got the rights to uh, Zon 100, a Bucking List of the Dead, a, a, the manga's so great, I'm looking forward to this. The, I saw the first teaser for it, it looks really good. It's by the same guy who wrote on um, Mouse and Mormon. Um. And so i still going to watch the second season of the live action, I think the live action does a really good job and kind of they had it adapted to make it more realistic. In manga. That's by the same writer. So I know we're like forty minutes in, so anything else, Miko, you wanna add or anything else like anything you've been seeing so far, like when it comes to like shows or anything you've been reading up on or catching up on?
1: Uh, no, I, no not really. I just wish uh I wish that I would at least feel more enthusiastic about seeing some of the new Marvel stuff every time I read a review on it they just seem to not pan out really well. And that and I did see Eleven Thunder. I didn't like it at all really. Couldn't really finish it. It's really bad. Um I I, I wish but then again like I feel like they're just um I think the Marvel's plan is of ama- of getting most of some of their characters three or four movies I think is a little uh I think is a little far fetched to maintain when you're trying to create you're trying to maintain and create another you know, uh, deriving plot to ta- to uh, contain all these mm-hmm. characters and stories, and I think uh, the second time around, it's proving to be that they're biting a little more than they a little they're biting off a little more than they could chew. And I think it's their if they want to deny that, that, all power to them. It's their fault. It's their own thing to deny, anyways, because they created it. Um. <laughs> so. Yeah, like... I don't think they should introduce all these new characters. That uh, one nobody gives a fuck about. Two, you have to really get people to give a fuck about them, and and I th- it seems like they forgot how to do that. And three, uh, if you want to bring new characters in, you're going to have to kill some of the old people off. It's just so, not uh... because then you're going to keep getting people to. Still ask, hey. So, are you guys gonna bring back for Hey, are you gonna bring back Robert Downey at least to make a cameo in the multiverse? Hey, are you gonna bring back Tommy McGuire again? Hey, are you gonna bring like you're gonna constantly do you're this? You're probably gonna kind of get that, yeah. And you deserve it because you keep giving us the same bullshit. Well, I did. And okay, it's not good.
0: And then I like how I saw James Gunn just like a month weeks back. Yeah. Um, his like. Announcement when it comes to the DCU. Yeah, good
1: luck with DC too. I like,
0: like how he's pretty much changing everything, and now what he's doing is what they should have done a long time ago. Is apparently the way the plan is, is to make any like format, like animation plus live action, kind of be in the same universe, yeah. type of thing, which I do like for a fact. But those that projects that well. like those projects that are working, great in progress, are calling that Elseworld like the, like oh, the Joker 2, that the Batman 2, Joker 2, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, those two, the Batman 2, they'll be called or like the series of Penguin, that's coming in HBO film Max Kyle Burrow, those are going to be Elskir. And then of course the Flash, well James Gunn said the Flash movie, which the one thing that's getting me to see it is because we get to see Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh yeah, that's right. And you get to see Bad like you know, the last time as Batman, we get to see you know what supergirl what could have been. Um that's supposed to be a, a resetting setting point for the DCU. Um and what James Gunn said was basically with him Pierce Effan they had this plan for like an eight to ten year plan. But they wanted, you know, they're gonna do it in phases. First one's called Gods and Monsters. That's part one.
1: That's the first
0: phase? Yeah, part one, Gods and Monsters. So you're gonna see Superman Legacy, you're gonna see um, Brave and the Bull which is Batman, but it's gonna be Batman and Damian Wayne, Batman's oh, son, yeah. not so, you know, not yeah, Dick Grayson. Right. So it's gonna be him and his son, and they're taking a lot of like inspiration from actual comic works, like people's runs. They're gonna have Supergirl. They're doing a Supergirl film, like Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow, which is gonna be a different take on like I think one of the comic writers' take on Supergirl, Superman Legacy. It's gonna show more of his human stuff, like. Adapt to the world.
1: Oh. Then you oh, got I think it's called
0: it. Creature Commandos. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to take place before. Like, but they said if they do a live action thing of it, they're gonna get the. They're gonna get voice actors that can also play the characters in live action. Yeah. So it'll be like he's trying to do, like more of a it, like consistency and connectivity. That's what they're gonna try to look for actors that can not only do voices. The voice work for the characters, but also portray them in the live action, which kind of you know makes sense. But, but while I like about it, it's going to be taking from a narrative, taking inspiration from different writers, not the writers of old, but this like current generation of writers. There's how many times like the DC comics and Marvel comics, you know, comic university been easier. over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I saw, I think I saw a pic, I saw the concept art. at now we're getting a Ninja Turtles animated movie that Seth Rogen's writing for, that he's producing.
1: Oh
0: yeah. have I saw, I think somebody leaked pictures of the action figures. I like the concept of the figure, like the character of the turtles. I kind of like that. It's kind of like homage to the old show, like the 80s, because they had the initials on their bell buckles. Um, uh, but kind of. I like the fact they gave them their own personalities as well. And they're teenagers. I think Seth Rogen took away with the concept of their teenagers. That's why i moved to 2012 Turtles, and that's why I had the 2012 Turtles made more sense because they're teenagers. People forget about that. They yeah. know, all their ninjas are turtles, but they forgot they're teenage mutants. They're like, supposed to be like 15. And they're still that coming of age type of character. But look, he's going to be with the rock setting in it. He's going to have letterhead in it. So it's kind will be easy to see how it's going to be. I, I believe it's going to be CG or be old school to d animation. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. if I'm looking forward to it. See how that
1: works. Yeah. I mean, it is good that they're. Uh, even with the fascination of having uh, this guy do it, I don't know. It's, I don't I, don't, I, don't, I Look, I have a very weird impression when it comes to Hollywood and the people who work in it, and, I, and where they find this, how they get these jobs, and writing some of those cherished properties and stuff that have gone and lasted for a I long think... time. It's just I don't, I don't get it. Like I really don't. I, I like this is the same guy who gave you knocked up and super bad, and he's I remember he Nita did Turtles. give he did give
0: us the boys,
1: right? But that's what I mean. Like you're you're writing like, you're writing stuff like that. We're talking Ninja Turtles. It's different different like it's just you gotta see it from the guys who wrote the other cartoon, and then the in the and then the comics giving you that perspective too like it's i get it like but like you gotta i don't know this guy's mind but he's i go with the track record of what he's giving you and he also gave you a movie about fucking a bunch of food like having sex with each other like i don't give a fuck dude like that's not Like, that's not funny to me. Like, I get it. Like, it's funny to some people. To make it a movie and it was a success. I'm not drawing that out. Like, it was funny for people. But, like, dude. Like, if you gave me that and that, I don't have high hopes for you writing a character that I like, like Raphael. I just don't. I'm sorry. Like, Raphael's a guy with an edge. Who's seen some shit. Have you seen some shit, Seth Rogen? Probably. But... Like, and I'm sure you grew up watching this show. I'm sure you have. I will not take that away from you either. You got the job, so they saw something in you. But you also have that credibility because you gave us fucking the boys and, and super bad and knocked up and and uh, that uh, all the other fucking countless movies yeah. done with Judd Apatow. He was a freak. piece like I've seen this guy's work, so I'm yeah. not like that's the thing it's I'm not I mean, I'm you know, not even like I've seen his stuff and I like his stuff but it's like you're talking about Ninja Turtles you're not like you know if you gave me yeah. if he was writing like a like a National Lampoon movie or so, or if he was gonna redo Porky's or some shit I would be like yeah that's the perfect dude for it I know National Lampoon yeah but that. we're like Ninja Turtles dude get get somebody else I don't know but like hey if it's good and it's gonna help sell sell like the show and keep keep the ip going so be it so we get more video games i'm all for it um because i that's where i enjoy the turtles from like nowadays like, is from the video game yeah i like the, the
0: fact that they have side of the, things that they got the, yeah i i got turtles revenge on the ps yeah, station so I, I haven't even played it yet but it's fun and the funny thing is, is like people are saying you gotta play because it, and i find out like i said it's the first time like the original voices of the turtles cartoon actually got to do the voice work for the game
1: yeah, I mean it's a fun game. It goes past like it's it gets uh, gives you elements of like Super Mario Three at points too of like how the map is laid out and the things you can do. Um, but it's still very much you know your button mashing. And fun hopefully, stuff I'm still so waiting for that.
0: And also too, I'm I'm waiting for that Scott Program anime. Hopefully, mm-hmm. this will be on Netflix. But Netflix have Netflix the same thing about it. I know the big thing right now too is I know um Netflix just released the posters for One Piece. And, of course, there's another work that's, you know, seeing eye from the anime community, the manga community, and, you know, and people are into live action. It's a safe. That's another medium that kind of hard to translate to live action, is manga to live action. Um, but, like I said, um, I like the cast. People, get back can shame them for all they want, but you understand this was Ichiro Oda's vision for what the show was going to be. Because somebody asked him at a Q&A, if he did a live action of Non-Peace, what nationalities these characters were going to be portrayed by. And he gave that detailed list, it was a diverse list of the character names and the country origins they were going to be from. And the only person that he said was going to be from Japan was Ronora Zoro. For Luffy, he had Brazilian in mind. Nami, he had kind of like Amsterdam, kind of like a Dutch. Know yeah. it makes sense. Usopp could be from Africa, Frankie, USA. I guess he drinks cola and he's got like that kind of like that pop and doors type, like air stuff. You see one piece, and they haven't released a trailer. I showed a poster, I seen it behind the scenes. How they're building the ships and shit, dude. They're building it from scratch, dude. it's not like CG, they're actually building these ships. That's kind of cool. So they are looking to tell us people that grew up. Reading the manga, watching the anime, you can tell they're putting a lot of love, and Netflix is trying their best. They tried with Cowboy Bebop, and it failed. To the point, even the director of Cowboy Bebop couldn't get past the first episode. Couldn't get past the opening. He stopped after watching the opening thing. That's the only thing he liked was the opening credits of it. He couldn't get past it. That's how bad it was. Hmm. If Oda, to the point, was so proud of the cast they picked, and he's a producer on the show to he ended up drawing and designing cast shirts for the cast. He ended up creating shirts for the production team. <laughs> if you got the manga career so behind that IP that, you know, it's been going on, he's still writing it, he's still drawing it, and it's still going on. <laughs> yeah. And the anime's already a thousand something episodes. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, like I said, now the number's not based on visual rigs, it's based on streaming numbers now, too i they're taking streaming numbers to effect now versus, you know, people watching traditional television. But it is what it is. The only thing we got coming up this month, of course, is March. A lot of films coming out soon. We got Creed 3 coming out soon as well. So, Michael yeah. B. Jordan's, like, directorial uh, di- director debut. And I read that, he, like, the fighting stuff, the fight scenes in there, he said he took like, a lot of literature from anime. We forget, he is an anime fanatic. He a boxing movie, I mean. But he took like there's a lot of boxing. Well, not really
1: that much, but it's not that. Technical
0: but obvious. I think he took he took like no like the anime fights, but he took like the concept like how they he's gonna portray like the boxing and stuff. Like um, it's, it's gonna be like yeah. flashback or something. Like. Right. But they had that dramatic tone When the to fight when the characters in the fight because people like B. be Jordan. He said he went public. I am an anime fan, dude. There's like and he said that he took some inspiration from like boxing anime or mangas How they portrayed like the fights and stuff. Just to give it more like. Story, not just all oh, their boxing, you know, like, like, ooh, but to give the story behind it. And this is their, this is this directorial uh, debut, so taking over for Slice, so it's gonna be like you know something
1: different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has to yeah. Slice to, old, dude. Like even seeing him in that show Tulsa King, you can, you could definitely see the age on him. No, um, and I think it's good that they're kind of passing that torch along. And he can pass it along to the next person. Um, but you know, it's it's not. It, Rocky is always gonna be Rocky. He'll always be a different type of movie. But I think the same kind of themes are still gonna stay true. Um, I do I do enjoy those. I like the I like the first Creed. The second one was good too. Um, the third one they when I read it has a pretty predictable story. But yeah, most movies do. So I this movie is not. Much about that, um, but I do, it is cool because they take like the, I guess like they grew up together angle, and so like, and they both took different paths, you know, and so now the guy's coming back to jail, and now they're gonna fight. This is a way of kind of taking that next step. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, like, so it's, like, it's a like, typical it's, story you see yeah, in a lot yeah, of movies. I've
0: seen the anime too, or something like that. You see like your childhood rival or something yeah. you grew up with. Eventually you drifted apart. You something. become
1: successful and the other guy doesn't, yeah, takes a Yeah, path. Eventually you become like rivals yeah. or
0: something now. It's like, done it, it's, it's it's, like that. It's 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 a t- done.
1: Yeah, it's a tale that's but, been told so many like I times. said,
0: it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Of course, you know, but you know we got C2E2 coming up in end of March. So I, Biko be, be, and I are planning to be there on Sunday. For some going on a Sunday, make sure to see. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to limit to just one convention yeah, <laughs> this true. year because after last year's kind of like I kind of like busted open my wallet. I'm trying to be simple, and try to save as much as I can, and maybe just buy like one or two things and just walk around, experience it, see what kind of new exhibits they got this year. new meet and greets what they got offered, but so far they got most of them to you there. I think they got most of the people from Smallville there too. They oh, yeah, most the, right. they got most of the cast from Smallville. They're going to be they were going to be there last year, but they all had to pull away because they're all working on different things. But they're supposed to be there for panels and like a reunion thing. Most of the cast from Smallville going to be there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of exhibits they're going to have. Hopefully, they bring back the red right carpet. but I miss it.
1: Oh yeah.
0: So. We'll see how it goes. So like, that will be at the end of March. So, March 31st or April 2nd. If you see me, if you go there, just say hi. We'll be walking around the floor. Just say hi. But thank you so much, people, for coming back. It's going to be a one of many Pacey guest appearances. We'll see what happens. Um, anything you want to promote or anything you want to, you know, any shows that you recommend right now to the listeners or podcasts you feel you can listen to? But like I said, I'd like to help other content creators. Uh,
1: Uh, no, I haven't really, really watched anything too new uh, I was going to get back into The Sopranos again, so, been, <laughs> like, we'll watch an episode to that. I was going to get to the prequel, too. The
0: main yeah, season or, there.
1: like, I'll watch, uh, or I'll, or I'll watch, like, yeah, to get, like just to, yeah, to see how bad that turned out. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, I've just been trying to watch documentaries and stuff, and, uh, and trying to find a reason to not cancel Netflix. Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know. It's just really boring. I never know what to watch anymore. So I end up watching old shit because of it. But um, yeah, so, no, yeah, I don't know. I've just been watching old movies, I'm trying to because uh, whatever like podcast I went through religiously, he'll name some ones. Uh, like I'll, I'm trying to watch more movies that I haven't seen growing up that they like claim all you need to see. Or, you know, I mean, the ones they always say that, like, you need to see. And yeah, then I think I'm this like, one, oh, it's kind of overrated. It's the same thing. Like, I found this one
0: podcast called uh, Cartoon Dumpster Dive. Yeah. And they, they tell you to watch these, like, underrated cartoons. Yeah. And, like, I, I think kind
1: of I think that does that have some value now. Cause, I mean, not that the, what didn't be go, in, the, in the past, like, we were talking about earlier, you mm-hmm. said that um, we used to have to read magazines or subscribe to magazines just to see what, you know, get our curation of content to see what to look for. And now, like uh, I and I, I'm not gonna say I predicted this, but I saw this coming. Where like now, like we saw this a little bit with the blog era, and I think it just transferred. Now we we people forget go to their favorite influencers to kind of get. To, that's why they're called for a reason, influencers. But really, it's just we go to see recommendations because yeah. we we somehow relate their taste to our taste, so we kind of we take their critique as of like oh if they like it I'm going to probably like it too but like I I think that does serve a lot of purpose and I think if a person comes with an authentic like hey you'll like it for this but if you're looking for for this then you're going to like it and I think it's important to have those people that provide you that contact and that, and that perspective because like I said I, I'm not easily amused so when I do see something I like I do want people to see it because it's like if it's hitting me on certain fronts that I'm not surprised, or I'm surprised about. Then yeah, you should see it. And I think since we do have a lot of content, there are going to be a lot of duds. And like you said, I think it's good that there's good podcasts that shine a well, light got on me things too that was may not got, be as like, popular. one thing I
0: do recommend, guys, is like Dungeon Dragon or kind of like that role play type podcast are really cool because it shows people's love Dungeon Dragons. But if you like like lore and story wise, yeah, there's some really good like um, tabletop podcasts out there. You see inspired by d d or they'll use d d elements, but inspired by Star Wars, or will take that concept, make it into, like, a sitcom or something. It kind of, kind of works, and um, there's even lore casts, so based on video games, I'm going to listen to this Resident Evil lore cast, and it's pretty really interesting, like, these fans, like, these three people that they hosted, um, they give, like, the history of Resident Evil, based on the wiki, or what they find in the information of the games, the movies, the novels. i talk about the lore. They discuss, like, the lore of Resident Evil. Before I'm going online and watching the gameplay because until told. But it's one episode I gotta watch. So Resident Evil Zero, so I started watching like the the playthrough of last night. I'm trying to look for some people's playthroughs just to get the concept, of the story, and stuff. Hmm. And then go back and watch it all. And like I said, for me is like with the show too with the podcast. I'm trying to I'm gonna start like reading public domain books on the podcast. Apparently, it is um legal as long as give credit to you know the original author. And you know, publishing company and licenses. You can do that too as well. If you're want to hear somebody read a book, that's what I'm planning to do. If you guys are interested, in it. I'm planning on reading the Iliad and the Odyssey because those were my favorite stories. Grew up in school when we talk about Greek history. Of course, the author Homer, who was one of the first like, first so many um, Greek poets at the time. That's like 600 years ago, but been to many translations. I found out it's a public domain book because it's only a statute of limitations of the copyright law. Like Grimm's Fairy Tales, those are actually public domain as well. Um, so, yeah, if you can't wait, I'm actually going to read verbatim the *Iliad* and the Odyssey. Maybe I'll do some little voices for the characters <laughs> to give you guys that whole, immense experience. Um, and then That's what I got for this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you to Beagle for joining me this week. Um, you can check out the backlog and episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also our home anchor. Um, Check out the merch on TalkPopCulture.com. I will get some new shirts with the new franchise Talks logo, mail design for shirts. Um, like I said, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter. If you'd like to be part of the podcast, you can email the podcast at talkpop8520 at gmail.com. If you want to be interviewed by myself, I do have a uh, do have a Discord server that I could set up some type of meeting. If you want to share what is your passion with pop culture, if you're a band growing up, if you're, you know, Collection, toy collection, that's become a big thing now. People collect toys again. Um, like I said, this podcast is all about bringing the culture of the pop world. So, like I said, thank you so much, people, for joining me, and thank you guys. We'll see you guys. I'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. This following episode of Talking Pop for the Cultured is powered by Poddex Poddecks are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster like me, looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddecks.com. Use the promo code TALKPOP for 10% off your first order. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or game-fighting podcast. Simply show up the cards or actually use their app, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP for 10% off your order. Hello, and welcome to Talking Pop for the Culture. Before we get to your regularly scheduled program, I want to let you know this podcast is also powered by ExpressVPN. You are probably wondering, what the heck is a VPN? It is a virtual private network that protects your browsing and streaming with ease. You can install ExpressVPN on any mobile device, smart TV, laptop, desktop, and even a gaming console. So if you're planning to use public Wi-Fi when traveling, make sure to have ExpressVPN activated to protect yourself and your data and browse safely. These are the following statements from the website, and I quote, When you connect to ExpressVPN, your internet traffic goes to an encrypted tunnel that third parties, including your internet service provider, hackers, and government agencies cannot see into. It helps with privacy, Keep your whereabouts to yourself and surf with a peace of mind when you connect to any express vpn server locations you get a different ip address and can make yourself appear in a different country avoid price discrimination based on location and help keep your identity private so when you use our vpn to connect to the internet the vpn creates an encrypted connection known as a tunnel between your device and the internet the vpn masks your ip address with its own ip address in the tunneling process That ip address is shared with thousands of other vpn users That makes it virtually impossible for anyone to trace your internet activity back to you. By using a VPN, your own IP address is masked or scrambled by the VPN, protecting your location, identity, and online activity from anyone who wishes to find you through your IP address. A VPN protects your privacy and lets you browse securely, but what if your VPN connection gets interrupted? Your browser and other apps won't warn you that you are connecting without protection. That's where a VPN kill switch comes in. If your VPN drops, the kill switch disables all internet traffic. This protects your IP address and other sensitive information from being exposed. Once your VPN connection is restored, your secure internet access resumes. ExpressVPN uses an AES, also known as Advanced Encryption Standard, with 256 bit keys, also known as AES-256. It's the same encryption standard adopted by the U.S. government and trusted by security experts worldwide to protect classified information. It will take a hacker hundreds of years to get your information. You can access GeoLock content by using ExpressVPN, by switching your location to 94 available internet servers. For me, for example, I love anime, especially Studio Ghibli films, but I have Netflix. I don't have HBO Max. I find out it's actually available on Netflix internationally. So all I have to do is I click on my ExpressVPN browser connection and switch my location to Canada. And Then what I do is I refresh Netflix's browser page I type in Spirit Away. Not only I get Spirit Away, but I also get access to the other Stubly Ghibli films in the library and also many more content that's not available in my country. It's that simple. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They also offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for 6 months, or the more popular $99.95 for a year with savings up to 35% off a month. They offer the best-in-class security and encryption. No activity logs, no collection logs. They don't even keep track of your information. they also rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and Apple Store. Right now, listeners of Talking Pop for the Culture get an additional 3 months added for free by signing up using our link, expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Link information is available in the episode description. Now, let's take you back to your regularly scheduled program.